you know, somehow uh, it always came across that the spring ball was very, very important. <laughs> right? At least that, at the way the coaches uh, coached it, you would have thought, uh, you know, you're practicing for the national championship every single day. I, but I did think about you when Bob told us that on Tuesday. Is, huh, did Teddy realize that at the time? That hey, Tell us now. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but it is, I mean, there is truth to it. It stretches out for a long time as you got a day between all the practices. And, and I, I think he's right. I think it also... I mean, it depends on the position, too, you know, if, like, wide receiver, not that big of a deal, okay? Yeah, you want to sharpen those skills, sharpen your talents, but not that big of a deal for a guy as talented like uh, like a Brandon Jones was. And I think it reflects really well on, on the football program, uh, both, like uh, baseball and football. When you have a, when you have a, a guy that crosses over and plays both at a – Whenever he's a big time player on a at a big time football program, I think that's a big deal. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, score update: Ole Miss is up what two nothing right now on Arkansas. So yeah. trending towards OU Ole Miss in the championship series, and it just sparked a a random thought. OU and Ole Miss just kind of overall as athletic programs, there's not really a whole lot of history there to speak of. 1999 right. Independence Bowl, last last. I mean, you know that, that we remember the significance of that game right before Y2K, last college football game right before Y2K. I don't remember. Um, this is like a Mike Brooks, Chris Lambacus question. I uh, I don't know if there's any history with OU and Ole Miss outside that Independence Bowl. I don't remember there being any history in baseball. I, I feel like for the most part, those two programs have been able to stay away from each other unless i'm missing yeah. something obvious yeah well and you know the last time they won the championship was against georgia tech who i don't know that there's any history with georgia tech either right not really no kind of random so yeah um interesting if if you know arkansas still has a chance here they got one out in the top of the ninth um on defense trying to get out of this thing with Ole Miss and then put something together in the bottom of the ninth to try and tie it up, perhaps win the game, but um, going to be difficult for them. Uh, there's way more history with Arkansas for sure. Who do you um, – yeah, there's there's way more history with Arkansas, but not a not a ton. You know, I no. never played each other in the regular season in football. Played a couple times in a bowl game. Baseball, you, you you've seen I've them. Played recently in baseball in and basketball. in basketball. Yeah, but but not just a still whole lot not of a huge history. Yeah, not a whole lot of memorable moments. Who outside of the old um, Big Twelve schools? Who do you have a like long memorable history with in the SEC? Florida, in the SEC? Yeah, I mean Florida. That was a memorable national championship game. It was actually a memorable Cotton Bowl because Dan Mullen, what he spewed after the game, but. Who would it be? Um, You've had some memorable moments against select teams. Georgia, definitely. Alabama, definitely. But Most of it's all recent, though, within yeah. the last 20 years. Um, now, Arkansas beat you, what, 80, 81 or something in an Orange Bowl? Uh, something like that. And then we played them in the Cotton Bowl in 01. Um 
But outside of that, not much history at all. I'm try- I don't know that there's not any of that I know of with Auburn. Not a whole lot with anyone. No, and that and that interesting. And yeah. what's, what's also kind of fun is, you know, there's so much unfamiliarity with some of these programs and some of these schools. Texas will remain your rival. Um, you're going to continue to hate LSU. Nothing's going to change that. But it is fun to think about who's going to turn into someone that you just really, really hate that we're not thinking of right now. And I think that with all the strong fan bases there are in that league, there's a list of about eight or nine teams that it could be. I don't think it would be a school like Ole Miss, but if something crazy were to happen this weekend, maybe we come away saying, God, I cannot stand Ole Miss. Can't wait to tear them up in the SEC. It really shows you how how like how regionalized and kind of how insulated college football is with the schedules where you know you only have what three most people have three non-conference games and of those three usually it's just one other school from a power 5 conference outside of your own right yeah it's like one game a year maybe two and then a bowl game perhaps and there's no guarantee that your bowl game is against a power five school it's just so little crossover i think that's i think that's one of the biggest negatives of the sport yeah i guess if you and have, there's only a handful of negatives if you have a history with anyone it's it's alabama and the amount of times that you've played them uh you had a home and home against them you had a home and home against tennessee is there anybody else in the sec not a former big 12 member that you've had a home and home with outside of Bama and Tennessee, is that it? Arkansas, no. Ole Miss, no. Mississippi State, no. LSU, no. Auburn, no. Florida, no. South Carolina, no. Georgia, no. Kentucky, no. Vandy, no. That's weird. Well, you got you got one coming up with Georgia. Like we've played a lot of those teams in recent years, but they've been bowl games. Right. Auburn, Florida, Alabama, uh, Georgia. LSU played all of them really recently, but it's all been bowl games or semifinal matchups. Um, but you know, you got the one with Georgia coming up. We've got some good matchups with with some other schools, but again, that's that's has been and continues to be one of my biggest frustrations with college football is how little crossover there is between the good teams in. Uh, opposing conferences. Yeah. Uh, text line in the 918 would be so happy not to play the piggies if it stays this way. Their fans are so obnoxious. I think that's the fan base that OU fans are going to grow to dislike, but at the same time, you're never going to recognize them as a serious rival. And I feel like I, don't know. I feel like us in the Norman, Oklahoma City area are, you know, Fayetteville still a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive. I, I feel like the OU fans in Tulsa are really going to feel the brunt of that once Arkansas is an opponent every year. Yep. One away for Arkansas. Easy grounder to uh, to third. Uh, two outs away for, for Ole Miss. Now, one thing I was going to say is, you know, I know that OU fans feel a, a certain way about Arkansas fans, but they may feel a certain way about Ole Miss fans by the end of the weekend. 
You know? Well, that's what I was just saying a few minutes ago yeah. is, I mean, you never know what can happen this weekend. Like, there's just a bunch of different fan bases that you don't know that you're going to hate, but at some point you're going to find out real quick, and it could be this weekend. You go lose a, a national championship series to Ole Miss and hear all their fans say, welcome to the SEC, get used to it. You know what I'm saying? I, and I don't know that they're going to – some of them will definitely be doing that, but – um. Yeah, you could develop a, a rivalry fairly quickly. Yeah. Hey, uh, big news in sports. I mean, it was uh, breaking news on ESPN. Arch Manning has committed to Texas. 6'4", 218 pounds, number one overall player in the 2023 class. I think that this puts an incredible amount of pressure on Steve Sarkeesian. If you can't win with a Manning, then who can you win with as a head coach? It's also great for the rivalry. Um, look at your crystal ball there that you have in front of you at Newcastle Casino. Tell right. me how uh, this Arch Manning whole, uh, ordeal is going to go down at Texas, what it's going to look like. Um, in the short term, there's going to be a ton of pressure put on Quinn Ewers to perform, to try to overperform. It's not going to start off good. They're going to get destroyed by Alabama um, it's going to look embarrassing. It's going to unravel for, for him from there. I do think their offense is going to be really good as Ole Miss is now one out away from, from making the final. Uh, I think that I think Texas is going to continue to get better, but I don't think that Arch Manning is going to win a championship at Texas by any means. But I do think that their offense is going to continue to get better, improve. Um, but, you know, by the time they get to the SEC, it's it's not going to matter. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think he spends his entire career in Austin, and I think he enters into the portal at some points. Um, I think it could be as soon as year one after he's there. Really? If Texas has another tough year this year, then maybe Arch is already like, oh, did I make the right decision here? And then if his first year on campus goes poorly where he's a starting quarterback, because remember, Texas hasn't had good O-line play in quite some time. You know, they haven't had the luxury of a great running game. Arch is definitely one of those guys. He can be a great quarterback, but he's got to have great protection. He's got to have a great running game. He's not a guy that can single-handedly create outside the pocket like some of these other dual-threat guys. I don't well, think he's going to have that at Texas, and I think that they're going to have a tough year this year. They'll have a tough year with Arch, and I think they're going to say, I'm not going to ride out this dumpster fire. We're going to go somewhere else, probably in the SEC. And that's it. Ole Miss, Oklahoma is your uh, championship series. Nice. Um, strike out to end it there. I agree with what you're saying, but let's get another thing clear here. Arch Manning is he's the top quarterback or he's the top player in this signing class. But there's a lot of people that think that rating is eh, suspect, to say the least. Parker doesn't even think he's the best quarterback in his own state. Eli Holstein is, who's committed to Alabama. Right. So I know he's got a big name. I know he and he is good. I've seen some of his stuff. I mean, he is super talented. But I, this isn't 
Vince Young. No. Right? This isn't a guy that's going to go somewhere, and this isn't Kyler Murray. This isn't a guy that can do it on his own, scramble around, create. Right? You hit it on the head. He's going to need a whole lot of help there. I mean, the name is way bigger than the talent at this point. The attention is way bigger than the talent at this point. Now, can he develop? Will he develop? Well, I think absolutely he will. But, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a belief out there that this is like a, a once-in-a-generation type of talent, and that's just flat-out not the case. Yeah, so you have someone that's good but a little overhyped, to go into the program that's the most overhyped in the country. And that's the thing, like, <laughs> to tell you where Texas is at as a program right now, Teddy, they get the number one overall recruit and everyone is still making fun of them. Like, there's yeah. a thought here that, oh, an overrated player is going to an overrated program. It, this is good for Texas, okay? This is a good day for Texas. Even I can't take this away from them. But at the same time, for a program that already has unrealist, unrealistic expectations – the unrealistic expectations just got bumped up a notch because a Manning is coming to town. There's a thought right. that the entire program is fixed just because of one quarterback. Texas issues are much deeper than just the quarterback position. That is an issue, there's no doubt, but it's much deeper than just that. He ain't going to fix him single-handedly. You know, he has a uh, – his like composite rating or whatever that is – is it's like the perfect score. Yep. That's that's crazy. There's not there hasn't been a whole lot of guys get that. There's actually only been uh what five? Yeah, there's been five guys. Uh Jadavion Clowney, uh Robert Kamdichi, Rashawn Gary, Vince Young, and Ernie Sims. Think, That's it. Was that five first-round picks, by the way? Was Ernie Sims a, a first-rounder to Detroit? Y- yep, he was number eight overall, wow. I believe. Jeez. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are all, like, next-level athletic freaks. Right? I, like, even Trevor Lawrence wasn't a, uh, a perfect score recruit. So... Well, this is the heat of the Texas football season because, as we know, Texas football season is actually going on right now. They don't actually have a season or play football in the fall when everybody else plays. Texas season is right now during all the hype. So, they're 8-0 as of right now, Teddy. 8-0 and they're rolling. Man, this is insane. They're doing this kid a a disservice. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, like, and and it's just he may be, he he may end up being, like, fantastic. I don't. I'm not trying to say that he won't be, but these guys are, these guys are like, athletically, head and shoulders above everyone else they were playing with, all of them, all the way until I mean, you even get down to like, it, it, Terrell Pryor. Uh, a lot of these players, man, they're they're just I mean, it's not even close athletically. Leonard Fournette, Adrian Peterson, I mean, he's not athletically gifted like the rest of the guys on this list. 
his path, Crazy. and I'm sure that he has this, and, and, and physically he's got the tools to be a good quarterback. I think we all acknowledge that, and it's true. He's going to have to excel in the mental game like Uncle Peyton did. I, I think that's where he's going to have to really shine. But yep. none of that really matters if you got an O-line in front of you at Texas that can't you know, keep you upright. Mental game yep. really doesn't matter all that much then. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next here from Newcastle Casino. It is the rush live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It's official. Ole Miss beats Arkansas two to nothing. OU and Ole Miss in the championship series in Omaha. Game one Saturday night from Charles Schwab Field. Text line says, "I'm sure glad we don't have to hit against that guy." OU will win in two. This text says they're going to build a new press box at the Cotton Bowl for the Mannings to watch the game. Peyton and OU Texas, huh? Yeah, I don't think they'll be there. Oh, we can get a uh, Eli Manning face after Arch throws a pick six in the third quarter to go down thirty-one to six. Mashed potato cool. face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think you'll. S- <laughs> That's not really a spot. You see, th- there's not a whole lot of celebrity sightings there. No, um, unless, unless you're, you're down on the, on the field. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, God, my first year at OU Texas was like 03. And then every year Roy was in Dallas. It seemed like Roy would walk through the tunnel like midway through the first quarter. And it was it was an entrance, man. I'm, I'm sure he timed it perfectly that way. But it would be during a timeout, and he'd walk through the tunnel, and everyone on OU's end of the stadium would go crazy. As they yeah, because you walk so. out right there by OU and yeah. you hear a little commotion start, turns into a, a roar. Is that Roy? Then... I think it's Roy. Yeah, it's Superman. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, so that's awesome. talked a lot about Arch to Texas today, rightfully so. The, the big thing that's – I mean, Texas gets a five-star quarterback today. Now, a lot of recruiting experts say, I mean, he's good, but is he the number one player in this class? Eh, I don't know. Texas will get other players that follow Arch Manning to Austin. That is definitely going to be a benefit. We see that all the time with quarterbacks. But even though that happens, the point stays the same. Even if they get an additional four-star wide receiver or the three-star tight end that they had or the four-star offensive tackle, that's great. That's fine. But that doesn't shore up the real weaknesses of that program, which is the culture, man. Right. Yep. No doubt, um, I, and I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in it w- right now. But I've witnessed it from afar, and I would say that Texas has a problem. They have a culture problem, but it's not just a locker room culture problem. Like I think Oklahoma had a culture problem, but. I think it was just a football facility culture problem. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, d- totally. We all do. I, I think that – I think Texas's is way deeper than that. I think it goes um, 
I think it goes to, you know, just the city of Austin. I think it goes to uh, big donor alumni. I think it goes to regents. I think it's I think it's all of the above. And I just I don't know that that's a problem that a coach can fix. Everyone wants to be responsible for what's for any success that happens at Texas. And because of that, everyone wants to be a part of the decision making. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it, it breeds a, a bad culture there, but I think maybe more importantly, too, Texas is allowed to have a good season. They may have a good season this year. They had a good season in 2018. I mean, they lost four games that year, but they won the Sugar Bowl, and by their standard, that was a successful season. But with the atmosphere and the culture that exists there, I almost feel like it's next to impossible with things that are the way they are right now to have any sort of consistency. They can't handle success, man. They haven't had yeah. any success since that one-off year in 2018. And it was a one-off year in 2018 where, again, they still lost to four games, including a home loss to Maryland. But they can have a great year. That's fine. Yeah, they can have a successful year. But I don't think that they can string together successful years with the way things operate there. Right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if they can uh... – can find any consistency or if any amount of success turns into uh, a weird situation that you know everyone starts begging and demanding nil respect and it's like a whole new whole new situation they're going to have to deal with you know is anytime a player emerges they're going to demand to have the Lamborghini deal like B. John Robinson did. Sure. You know, and maybe they can accommodate that. Maybe they'll be able to, but I don't know. I, it, it, they've, they've set themselves up for a, uh, a really, really difficult situation if they ever do have a good season. What are we, about 48 hours from game one of the championship series in Omaha? Um, no, 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 47 and a half. 47 and a half, yeah. All right, yeah, that's good enough for me. OU Ole Miss, what's the, what's the temperature right now? How are we all feeling? Text line, 405-651-3439. You feeling good about it? As good as you can? I feel I feel as good as I can. T, we got a 1-2-3 going, primed and ready to go. Um, all coming off of really good outings, specifically our 2-3. and three. Um, We've got... Uh, our, our defense playing really well. I think we our offense continues to do well. Like I said the other day, nitpicking, but the the back half of the lineup has cooled off a bit from from the super and the uh, regional, but that can light back up at any moment. I feel as good as I possibly could about it. Yeah, um, I asked you earlier how critical game one is in. Game one is always critical in a three-game series, but I do think it's important for OU just mentally to know that you have your Friday night starter, your Friday night ace out there, and Ole Miss has already burned theirs today. I I do think that there's something mentally of you have the pitching advantage, and that shows up in game one, and you take game one of the series. So it is. I feel like it's pretty big for OU. I do too. I do too. I, I, I definitely think that. Um, I definitely think that 
winning game one is a big priority for them. Obviously, it's not everything. You can you can easily win game two and game three and be national champion. But just by the way things have gone for them in the postseason, they I don't want to call them front runners. I they're just they're comfortable whenever they're out in front, and that's whenever they played really good baseball. I think it has gone a long way for their pitching. I think uh, the offense and the confidence has has continued to to pour it on whenever that's been the case. So I do think it's important for not just for them to win game one, but start fast in game one. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, uh, on the text line, OU wins it all in game three. OU architect, after a few whiskeys and some jet lag, I feel great. Um, <laughs> are the OU Ole Miss games going to be blackouts or on TV in Norman? Uh, I believe they're going to be on TV. It should be on ESPN. Why would they be blackout? I I mean, some people are going to be blackout in Omaha, but I don't think the games will be. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, typically a blackout is whenever, or it used to be, you don't sell enough tickets for a home game. They black out the game for the home audience, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be on ESPN. Jay and yeah, it'll Tulsa, be on ESPN. Jay in Tulsa says, I think if it goes – I think if it goes two games, Oklahoma wins. If it goes three, Ole Miss wins. Jay, um, I'd like to, to for you to explain your point there. I say that because the Gainesville Regional went to three games. OU won game three. The Blacksburg Super Regional went to three games, and OU won game three. So they, they've actually been good in best of three settings this postseason. Huh. You know, it's interesting. In in the Gainesville Regional, did Cade Horton throw game three? Yes. Wait, yes, he, I think so. He definitely did. Um, Blacksburg. In Blacksburg. Do you think there's a do you think there's a chance that Skip try, does does that and that's what he was kind of hinting at whenever he said most likely will will throw Man, I, I I guess that's a possibility, but just the amount of days in between both of those guys have pitched. I mean, Sandlin threw on Wednesday and Horton threw on Sunday night. And not that Sandlin couldn't turn around and pitch on Sunday. That would be, what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, no, I don't see it. That, that's like three days rest, I think. So, yeah, I, I think he's throwing game three. Yeah. Um. All good. And I think he's probably got way more confidence now in Sandlin after that last outing. Yeah. I mean, that was um, that was something special. To, to bring it back to the Arch Manning discussion real quick, only because I saw this tweet uh, by Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman. Yeah. It, it reads, Texas will have on campus in a year the two top-ranked quarterbacks in their classes in Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. Kiss five and seven goodbye. Hashtag hook them. Are they going to start playing with two footballs? Kiss that doesn't there, mean sure. anything. That doesn't mean anything. In fact, I might say that having two number one ranked quarterbacks on campus at the same time is a bad thing and not a good thing. Well, I don't think in today's age it's realistic to have two number one quarterbacks on the same team at the same time. Not with the transfer right. portal now. Right. There's no doubt about that. 
it worked out for OU for about 15 minutes before it turned into a total disaster as far as in the fan base, in the locker room, end up both of them left, and the coach. You're right, Kirk. Kiss five and seven goodbye. Hello, six and six in Texas Bowl appearance. Ah, times are good in Austin. Bright days ahead. So, so dumb. So dumb. Don't get ahead of yourselves, folks. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. couple of segments left here from Newcastle Casino. It is the rush live on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Just now seeing this, um, Arkansas lost to Ole I'm not just now seeing that Arkansas lost to Ole Miss on the field, but that's the second worst loss they've had today, Teddy, because an Ole Miss fan earlier today bought 2,000 jello shots for the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, Ole Miss now leads the jello shot challenge in Omaha, 8,766 to 8,378 by Arkansas. Ole Miss is going to be there all weekend long. Ole Miss looking like your jello shot champion with a real chance to get to 10,000 jello shots by Monday night. Oh, man. Not only did you come up short in the – in the college world series but you came up short in the jello challenge think about that eight thousand you said eight thousand three hundred and seventy eight jello shot or excuse me eight thousand seven hundred and sixty six jello shots for Ole Miss Teddy and that was before the game started you know they're going to party hard out there right now right so for Arkansas I mean just price alone that's thirty six thousand dollars you factor in a 20% tip, which it looks like most people are doing. That's another $7,200. You're at 43000 You add in tax on top of that. They probably spent somewhere near $50,000 on Jello shots and didn't even win the Jello shot challenge. <laughs> if that's not the most embarrassing thing uh. ever... I, I don't know what is. Come on, OU fans. Uh, we only got 489 Jello shots so far. Um, don't buy any. Ole Miss has 8,766. We at least got to get to like 500. No, 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 no. Come on, at least no, get to 500. No, yes. no, reject it, dude. Reject it. No, start, come on. Start something else, man. No way, dude. It, it, be smart. Show that you're not buying into the dumb gimmick. Why you're just going you up so there and taking home the uh, the trophy. Shot. Jeez, that's fun to go up there and participate. Well, you because you're not going to win it. And the best way to prove your point now is to turn your nose up at it and make them look dumb and just go win the tournament. Yeah, as we drink Coors Light in the parking lot, it's the way we turn our nose up. Yeah. Of course. Let's see. Auburn 415, Notre Dame 576. Texas 304, A&M had 1,300, Stanford 189. Wow. Come on, OU fans. Let's make a dent. Let's do something here. 
not make it, yeah. but let, let's at least get to like 500. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but at this point, I look at anyone that goes in there and buys, you know, a thousand Jello shots or whatever. As someone who's fun and likes to get into the event that's happening, yeah. No, as someone who wants to make a name for themselves and have their receipt tweeted out on social media and uh, try and gain some attention. Well, that's it only costs you two grand to do that. It's a pretty good deal. Whew. Man. Well. Kurt the Yardbird's th- calling it. He's saying that OU's going to pass A&M. <laughs> wow. That's pass a- A&M? That's like a thousand more jello shots. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, it probably will. I don't know. A thousand more? That's going to have to hustle. It, it probably will. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of people there. Like, reinforcements are showing up, right? And they're going to be excited to be there. It's going to be a weekend. It, they probably will, but congratulations on passing A&M and ending up in, what, fourth place? Yeah. Uh, A&M's <laughs> used to be in a fourth place, so this is familiar territory for them. Lillian right. says, do you think OU will win game three, and what do you think the scores will be? Um. Okay, I'll say Oof. OU wins. Hmm. I'll say OU wins game one. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buck the trend a little bit. I think Ole Miss wins game one, four to one. I think OU wins game two, eight to three. And in the winner take all game three, David Sandlin is going to shove again, and OU's going to win four to two. Really? Yeah, huh? Yeah. Official prediction. Official prediction for me. Game one, 11 7 OU. Game two, 9 3 OU. Wow. Dang. Two easy wins. They're not even going to break a sweat this tournament on their way to a national championship. Nope. Nope. I think that's what you get. Um, I think they go up big early in game one. Ole Miss climbs back into it a little bit, 11-7 there. Uh, but OU is able to get out of there. Maybe in, uh, maybe a scare late where they get themselves out of a pinch where they almost give up more runs. And then 9-3 in game two uh, behind an unbelievable performance by Cade Horton. Um, going back through the games here, the last time OU's played a baseball game that's been decided by three runs or less, you want to take a guess the last time that's happened? Three runs or less, what, when's it been? Yeah, well, um, I don't know, man. I No, I, no I I'm think... asking you to guess when's the last time OU's played in a baseball game decided by three runs or less. Oh, well... Boy, that is a good question because even in losses, they've been kind of had it handed to them. You probably have to go back to the. You have to go back to the Big Twelve tournament. No, game one in the Supers against Virginia Tech, but they played one, uh, okay. two, three, four, five games now, um, and four runs has been the smallest. You know, the closest deficit in those games. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I think that's how they. I think that's how they're comfortable. I think that's how they. Um, I think that's the best path to bringing home the championship. 
I mean, hey, if, no. they, if they just want to cruise this through this thing, and two, I don't need drama to enjoy this championship. Like, let's just roll through it and call it good. I'm down with that. They'll be partying in the stands if it's like that. You know, it's not going to be a typical baseball, comfortable baseball game where there's not a whole lot of drama and it's quiet. They'll be partying if it, if those uh, those scores the, show up. The official odds: OU plus one ten, Ole Miss minus one thirty. All right, so Ole Miss is the favorite. Yep. Good, o- right o- where we want them. OU's got the pitching um, better set up, but Ole Miss is still the favorite. That surprises me a little bit. Yeah. Well, they were the – What didn't you say they were the number one team at, at, at one, one point? At one point, but this... they, they fell off, man. They fell off uh, middle towards the end of the season. They barely got in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Well, hey, underdog role, even better. Right? That's that's what they've liked so far. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Uh, we will close up the day next here from Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned.